I'm Scott Abraham from ABC7 in Washington, D.C. You know who it is. Travis Thomas Experience. This is Eric Edholm of Yahoo Sports. This is Mitch Tischler. This is Al Galdi, and you're listening to The Big Douglas Show. All right, this is The Big Douglas Show. Subscribe, like, hit the notification button. I'm Big Douglas. That's the rapper Big Pooh. And it is my pleasure to welcome the radio play-by-play voice for the Wizards, Dave Johnson. Dave, thanks for joining us today. Appreciate the time. Appreciate the, uh, the interest and passion in, in uh, NBA and Wizards basketball. No doubt. Now, one thing I know for sure over the years is that play-by-play guys love to do play-by-play uh, for all sports and any sports. Dave, I'm curious, what is the strangest game that you've called before? Ooh, um, that's a that's a good. I've called a little bit of everything uh, from from. Uh, field hockey to volleyball. Um, I remember years ago uh, calling a, a volleyball game. The thing about volleyball, it can go either three sets or five sets. And if it goes five sets, it fills up the television window. Uh, this match between Duke and North Carolina went three sets, and we had all this time to fill up. And I had the terror of uh, uh, the, the producers in my ear, and, and this was a, an ACC television broadcast, and, and all of a sudden, Somebody sat down and I didn't get in my ear who the guest was. So now we're live on television. I've got somebody sitting next to me. I have no idea who this person is. But fortunately, my, my color commentator, uh, I looked at her and said, well, we have a very special guest. I gave her the eyes and just hoping that she would fill in the blank and she knew the person. So it, it does put you in some, some uh, uh, you know, interesting situations when you're, when you're in uncharted waters, so to speak, with sports you're not regularly covering. But um, name a sport, I've probably done it, but I, I don't know if anything, uh, you know, I, I, the challenge of like lacrosse, like men's and women's lacrosse have different rules. So like on the same weekend, I'd have to remember why this is different in the women's game, et cetera, et cetera. So, uh, but yeah, I love to do anything. Give me, I'll do play by play. You guys arm wrestling for the right price. Uh, (laughs) Dave obviously as a play-by-play man you have a very deep passion for sports but what led what led you down the path of wanting to be a play-by-play guy well you know in in many ways as I've said um, I'm not I'm not growing up when I was a when I was a kid uh, you know and it's 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 life's come full circle in a way is is I'm dealing with with multiple sclerosis now the my mother had multiple sclerosis and she was confined to a wheelchair and and I used to uh, cut lineups out of the out of the paper it was a thing called newspaper back then there wasn't this internet that we were that we were talking on on that on that old so you cut and I was always excited when there were starting lineups or box scores or that type of thing so I would I would uh, take the lineups and and um, and recreate my games and and she would be my you know one person audience so that that really is is where the it, it, you know, the passion for play-by-play, if that's the right word, or the interest or whatever, it was just kind of um, what I did. And, and uh, you know, I had an audience of one, my, my mother. Now there's some nights if we're losing badly, I wonder if I'm back to having just an audience <laughs> of one, but, but it, was, it was certainly a special time uh, in my childhood. Dave, I'm curious in the time of COVID, what's the biggest challenges that you face doing the play-by-play you guys are not in the stadiums anymore if i'm if i'm right on that right right, yeah no it's it's um i mean you're appreciative that 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 we have games and and i say that because not because we're we're bored or we don't have netflix videos or whatever i mean this is a 
uh, an industry that, you know, it's not about the, the, I mean, the players in most of these sports are, you know, make pretty good livings and they're, they're probably could last for a couple of years without a paycheck, but there's so many people, the cameramen, uh, you know, I, I could, I, I mean, it's, we're, we're literally talking thousands depending on of the sport you're talking about with, with uh, that this is just an industry like any other industry. So, you know, as we go through this, this COVID period and, and it's lasted a lot longer than I think any of us expected, um, it's important we try to do things as, as safely as, as we can do it. Now I'm, you know, by myself as I'm talking to you, but I've, I've got my mask in, in case I'm, you know, somebody's, uh, you, you just do the best you can, but you, we do need to try to do things. And, and, and we do need to try to work, not because of, of greed or, or uh, but, you know, we, we all have to feed our families. We have to go to the grocery store and, um, you know, so it's important that we're trying games, but it is, it is difficult with, it, you miss the crowds. I mean, I think about, you know, the, the game-winning craziness of, of, of our win over the Brooklyn Nets where, you know, uh, Bradley Beal hits a three and then Garrison Matthews is steeled and Russell Westbrook a three. There's no canned uh, crowd noise in the world that can replicate what that arena, would, what Capital One Arena would have been like had there been fans there. And so it, it forces you to adjust your voice a little bit, you know, especially also on, on road games, uh, you know, so, and there, I mean, there's times, you know, things are going on where we'll go to review something. You're not quite, you know, sure what's happening. So it's, it's, um, uh, it, it's just not the same, but as, as I say that, I don't want to sound like I'm complaining. I'm deeply appreciative that we have games to talk about and, and we're, we're, we're going to get through this and we're, we're going on. Uh, Dave, what is it like being able to call games of a player like Bradley Beal's caliber every night? Well, you know, players like Bradley Beal and, and you know, uh, they challenge you because they, they're, they're constantly getting better. They're constantly improving. So especially on the radio size, you're trying to describe uh, what they're doing, you know, the little step backs, the jab steps, the, you know, the crossover, the snap drill. And, you know, suddenly it, it really you got to stay on your guard because you never know what he's going to do. He's now, you know, uh, part of his game is hanging in the air as he approaches the basket. So he gets that contact. Um so it, it, it's special to watch somebody and to, to watch somebody as often as I have, because obviously, you know, his whole career, I've, I've been along for that journey. And I just think about where he was, you know, where when he started nine years ago to where he is now. It just, I mean, we're talking leading score, the assist. It just, it, it, it you know, it, it's a true joy to, to be able to, to watch somebody grow like that and every step of the way. So it's, you know, we had the same thing with John Wall when he was here. And um, so it's fun when you get that that big snapshot of a player's career, or in this case, Bradley Beal, his entire career. Dave, you mentioned John. He'll be coming back today. It feels unfortunate that his homecoming will be in an empty arena because I'm sure that the district would have loved to give him the welcome that he deserved. What's yeah. up? Think about this John Wall return. What's that? I would just say, what do you think uh, about the John Wall return and, and the unfortunateness that the, it'll be empty there? Yeah, and I think Bradley Beal kind of addressed it because we played them already in Houston. And, and um, the full impact of that, you know, will not be felt until certainly next season. I've got to believe we'll have fans in stands and if not before that. And the next time Houston comes to uh, uh, Capital One Arena, and look, I mean, Nine years, five all-star appearances, the, the playoff appearances. Uh, I mean, he was 
a wonderful ambassador on and off the court for this franchise. It's, it, it is unfortunate that um, we've not been able to keep him on the court for the last few years. Um, uh, you know, that's not to say now that he's, you know, he's played 17 games and hopefully he's, he's fully healthy and he can continue his, his career. But um, there is pressure on the Wizards to, to take advantage of this window with a player we just talked about, um, Bradley Beal. You know, uh, the reality is now you, you're trying to take advantage of that with Russell Westbrook and then a collection of very good young players. And um, it'll be interesting to see how the rest of the season goes because I'm not making excuses, but we, we it's every team. And this is why we joked about uh, it, it seems like only the Utah Jazz and LA Lakers are winning and everybody else has 13 losses or, or whatever. So if this team can ever get in a, in a rhythm, I, I think um, – it can really show what it what it can be capable of. What it can be capable of is 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 a, is a playoff team. I'm not saying it seems ready to, to contend for the, the Eastern Conference yet, but um, certainly the John Wall years, and certainly I'll never forget him on top of that scorer's table when he made that shot against after he made that shot against the Boston Celtics. So um, just special special memories. I think of his 360 moves at Christmas Day 2014, Madison Square Garden, or. Um, you know, he, he, a special talent and, and worthy of the fact that this franchise picked them number one overall when they drafted him in 2010. Dave, I'm interested to know as a, as a play-by-play announcer, how, how is it calling games during a season when the team isn't like this season, when the team isn't necessarily playing as well as, as everyone would hope? You know, it, it, it adds um, to the challenge. I mean, I, I think about producing the pregame show for the, the, the Celtics, a recent game, the Celtics game on a Sunday, and that was coming off a, um, a you know, a, a, a loss of the Knicks on, on, on the previous Friday. And you're like, all right, well, how do, <laughs> what is my storyline here? We're, we're starting to sound like a broken record. And, um, and unfortunately, they get, get the win over the, the, the Celtics. I, I think that what, what is, you know, it's really frustrating when when you're calling a team and it's 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 veteran players and you, you don't and they're not doing well and you don't see where you know what this could get better. You're you're feeling like well this is this is all this team has. Whereas for this Wizards team, it is frustrating because you feel like they should be better, you know, right now and they should be better than six and seventeen as we we talk or seven and seventeen as we talk. Or six, I forget now. I've lost track of the record, but that doesn't matter. The the the, the point being, um, but you see that you see potential. You see, you're like, wow, Rui Hachimura is is going to be a player in this league for a while. Denny Avdia, we haven't even gotten, we've just gotten glimpses of it, and then the the COVID shutdown, and he's trying to come back into form. So, uh, you know, Mo Wagner in a recent game, or or you know somebody that Garrison Matthews. A year ago, before he scored 28 against Miami, we're all scrambling, like, you know, all right, now we got to learn this guy's name and what he's all about. So it, it, losses are, are, are tough when you're, when you're with a team um, and you're basically communicating, for the most part, to the fans of that team. Uh, you know, you call it like it is and, and you call games like it is and you discuss, you know, the shortcomings. Uh, but but you feel it, and especially when you're you're traveling with a team, and you're really embedded with a team for a whole season, it's it's difficult. Uh, but um, the good thing about this Wizards team is you really believe, or I really believe that, all right, there's a lot of exciting parts here that we've not seen the best of yet. 
and and so uh, that gives you that gives you hope every time you come to the arena. Like you know what, maybe this will be the night, and and uh, we'll see something from a certain player we've never seen before, and and that's that's exciting. I know a couple of the players have commented about the slow starts. Uh, what is it that they feel like has, has made it so hard to get off the quick starts and always trying to come from behind? Yeah, that, I mean, and obviously in a recent game against the Celtics that they didn't have that slow start and, and, and led to a victory and also holding a team under 100 uh, points. It's I, I know it sounds um, silly, but, but uh, you know, communication, it was talked about. Uh, as being such a, an issue with, with, with having such a young team, there has to be that, that trust buildup and, and a trust on, it, on defense. And, and uh, Scott Brooks made a comment, uh, you know, that, w- it, it, that's, that was one of the things Mo Wagner uh, added to the equation because, you know, he's, as he says, he's not shy. And, and there's times they wish he would shut up because he's talking too much. But, but it sounds like such a simple thing, but... It, it, at the end of the day, the NBA is an incredible league. There's billions of people on this planet, and there's only 400, 500 NBA players. So, so what is separating? Everybody that's in the NBA is good. Every, every team that's in the NBA has, has good players. That's why I would always laugh during, during you know, a bad seasons when somebody say, well, I bet you Kentucky or name the top college basketball team could take you know, the 30th ranked NBA team. No, they couldn't. Because, you know, the, a, a team like Kentucky or whoever might have two or three prospects and guys that will develop into NBA players. NBA teams have real men who are real players, uh, and, and it would not be a, be a matchup. So uh, this team has shown the Wizards that, look, look, last year, look at the numbers last year. It's a playoff team offensively. It's not defensively. It's, you know, we don't have to – there's not – many ways to have to say it. If this team can learn to defend consistently, it can achieve a lot. I mean, we're talking, if you look at the scoring numbers, it can achieve a lot. And, and, but it, it is about that consistency. They know they are capable of it. Um, you know, if, if uh, it has to be a team with, with more of a, a an edge uh, and, and with that communication on defense. And quite frankly, that's why in a recent game against the Celtics, that a Garrison Matthews and a Mo Wagner get a get a start, because they're looking for that that you know dog or whatever the phrase is, and that and this team quite frankly has is missed not really had that um, you know for a while. I mean, it, quite frankly, we were hoping Mark Keith Morris would be that player during that time. But you need you know I I, I know I'm dating myself, but you know you go back and that's why I used to always love like a Gerald Wallace how he played. I thought boy I'd love to see him on the way. So it's it's players like that. Because you know, we don't need scoring. We know how to score. Well, everybody needs scoring in the NBA. There's never enough points, never enough three-pointers. But, but you need that edge, that, that, that dog, if you will. Um, and that's, that's what's going to make the difference. And I think about that Celtics game. I'm referencing that a lot, but it's the most recent game. But, but Garrison Matthews doesn't score in that game. And he's one of the reasons why they won. A critical point in the third quarter. When, when the Celtics are trying to make a push and Garrison Matthews comes up with a couple of steals and he gets into to Jalen Brown's kitchen, uh, that's a turning point of the game. You're not, you're not gonna, Jalen Brown's still going to get his, but you, you make it difficult for him. That's how you beat these good teams. 
Uh, Dave, I, I want to know, I know it's not this current version of the Wizards, but in your two-plus decades covering this team, what was your favorite team to cover? Was it the, the Michael Jordan years, the Gilbert Arenas years? I believe you might have been there for uh, the Jawan Howard, Chris Weber years. Like, what was your favorite time to cover this team? You know, that's a, a, that's a tough question because um, – and, and it's a, sincerely a tough question because uh, it, it truly is – I'm living – again, getting back to what you asked me got into this. I, I was a six-year-old cutting box scores out of the paper doing play-by-play for my mom. So if, if anybody doesn't think I don't take every night as a gift, let me tell you something. I love every night. As a, and I love every – I love uh, – uh, you know, even a 19-win season, I'm, maybe love's not a, a, the right word on a 19-win <laughs> season, but I'm appreciative of, of the environment uh, th- that I'm in. Um, but, you know, we would have liked, to, you know, I think of those two decades, you, you would have liked to have had, you know, more sustained success. Uh, you know, I think about um, the Juwan Howard, Chris Weber, and, and we made the playoffs. And I, was, I was doing actually some television at the time, along with radio and um you know, Michael, that's when Michael Jordan anointed us the team of the future. And then, uh, you know, health didn't work out. Georgie Marison didn't come back healthy. And, and, and it never, that team never did become uh, the team of the future. But the Gilbert Arenas years were, were certainly special years, especially that, that 2007 period when it seemed like, you know, he would hit game-winning shots uh, like it was standing operating procedure. That was, that was special uh, to be a part of, uh, of that time. And, um, you know, the, the period of time is, is John Wall and, and Bradley Beal uh, came together with, with, I think, about that feeling of, of 2014, you know, as they finally make the playoffs. You know, that was a, that was a special time because it had been out of the playoffs for a while. And, and uh, you know, I still don't uh, – there was that Indiana series where somehow we kept winning on the road and losing at home. I still don't understand how we didn't beat the Pacers that year. But um, – you know, that was a, that was a fun team with fun characters, the marching Gortat. See, um, uh, so yeah, obviously I've, I've given you a typical Washington answer and not given you, I've, I've <laughs> but, but it's, it's, it, it's, it's a good question, but I, to be honest, I haven't thought about it, but if I had to put a, um, a favorite period of time, it probably was in that period where the wizards were making the playoffs, uh, the Gortats, the walls, Drew Gooden, who you see now on, on television, um, there were so many storylines and you really did um, get the sense something was developing because it was, and it was a, it was a, it was a fun team. Dave, it's game day. And I know you're busy and we appreciate your time today. Before we let you run out of here, I was hoping you'd tell us a little bit. You guys are doing the uh, hashtag radio party during the game. I was hoping you'd tell us a little bit about what you got going on there. Well, you know, it, it's, you, you want, radio is a very intimate uh, medium and and you know that's something that actually started from the the fans years ago as we started to interact on on uh, uh, social media and, and uh, you know i remember when we s- threw our twitter handles out this is again about 2014 or uh, going into that year where we ended up making making the playoffs and it's like you know if you if you throw it out there and nobody responds then it doesn't go anywhere well the next thing you know listeners started responding and you know, getting into to talks about players or talks about whether, uh, you know, red vines uh, were better than uh, Twizzlers, uh, licorice debates, or, or God knows what, because every game's not going to be uh, scintillating. So sometimes you get off track a little bit. But, um, 
it's it's a chance for fans to interact, and and I think it's important that that it's that it's not a um, especially in this age. Uh, you know, once upon a time, you know, we wrote letters and got things in the mail, and and that was good enough for us. But now we want to be able to know that you know our opinion is heard, our, our voices are heard, and you know we 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 call it radio party because it's somebody else coined that and said you know this is kind of like a a party getting together and at times, you know, tough subjects are brought up and there's fresh, let's say there's frustration about the team. And we, we address that uh, on Twitter. So the, the important thing is, I think um, that, that people that are listening, that are fans know how important they are to the whole process. Um, and, and that, uh, yeah, you can, it, it shouldn't be passive. It should be an active experience if you want. And maybe you just want to sit and listen or drive and listen or whatever, but if you want to interact, you know, we'll interact back with you. And so that's, you know, that's part of it. Thank you, Dave. We appreciate your time. Like I said, Noah's game day. You got to got to run. So we appreciate you once again. Yeah, I'm in an exotic hallway here at Capital One Arena, an empty hallway at Capital <laughs> One Arena. But, but one day, one day we're going to have fans <laughs> back. Typically, they'd be starting to fry the burgers over here to my right. And, and uh, you know, they got, uh, they got sodas here, Pepsi, Cola's here. But That'll be one day. We'll look forward to that one. <laughs> All right. You have a good one. Have a good call tonight. I appreciate you, the Dave. contest. I appreciate it. Thank you.